Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Last week, we talked about being thankful. And we talked about being thankful in all things, but we didn't talk about being thankful in all who's. And so we reference 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, which says, be thankful in everything. And when we talked about that, we didn't talk about the who's, the relationships. And so before we jump into today's topic of values, real quick, I feel pressed to share this. And so um, it wasn't on me last week, but it is today. And so instead of recapping last week's message, I kind of want to give you a little bitty uh, nugget or a part two of to not just be thankful for the things that we have, excuse me, but to be thankful for the who's that we have. And so thankfulness for your who's creates fellowship. Thankfulness for the relationships in your life creates better fellowship. Gratitude always builds deeper relationships between you and other people. And gratitude always builds um, better depth in your relationship with God, between you and God. And so if you want to get closer to someone, start expressing gratitude to that person right? If you're feeling distant from your spouse or from somebody that you used to be close to, or, or there's a rift in, in any of your relationships, all you need to start doing is what you were doing when you first met that person. And I'll take your spouse, for example. What did you do when you first started dating? Express gratitude, write little notes of kindness, right? Be encouraging, make the calls or the texts that you used to make during the day, just to tell them, your spouse, husband, wife, that you're thankful, that you're thankful, right? The reason most people lose that love and feeling is because they've stopped doing what created that love and feeling. And so if you want to have a great marriage, if you want to have a great relationship, be thankful for them and thank them. Those are two things. They're both very, very different. I don't just come in and tell Heather, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for you. But I also say, Thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you run the house. Thank you for all the little things that you do that, that quite frankly, I take for granted a lot of the time. Bring flowers, right? Send a text. Make sure that, make sure that your husband or your wife is the last person, is at the top of your text messages. Is that the last person you text? And if, if they're not, all you gotta do is go in there and create a shortcut, I-L-Y, it says, I love you. Heather's the first one at the top of my text. Be thankful, show gratitude. So don't just be thankful for them because some people take that kind of as a slam. I'm so thankful for you. I bet you are because you run over me like a freaking doormat, right? Don't just be thankful for them. Thank them. Thank them for the countless things that they do. If you thank them for who they are, thank them for what they bring to the relationship. You'll find that the more grateful you are, the greater your relationship is going to be. You know, early in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11, we're taught to encourage and build each other up. And that really starts with being thankful. The greatest way to, to, to encourage each other and to build each other up is to be thankful. Man, when somebody's thankful, boy, it sure makes me lean in a little bit harder, a little bit faster, and go a little bit farther for that person, right? And so one of the greatest ways that we can encourage and build each other up is to be thankful. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for your life. And so, again, the point from last week was, the Bible doesn't tell us to thank God for everything, 
but to thank God in everything. And that includes your who's. And so be thankful for the people in your life and don't just be thankful for them. Thank them. Thank them personally. I think you're going to see some life in your relationships if you'll do that. Now, let's get into talking about our values. If you brought your Bibles and your notebooks today, we're going to need them. If you don't have them, you can grab them really quick. We're going to jump into James chapter 1, and we're just going to look at verse 2 and 3 really quickly. And this is going to kind of kick off values. What I have right now slated for us is, is today's message and next week's message will be on values. And then we're going to jump into um, how we kind of stand on these values because of who God says we are, right? And so for uh, James 1, 2, and 3, this actually hangs uh, above my desk right behind that whiteboard. If you can see it back there, it's up high. And here's what it says. It says, count it all joy whenever you face trials of every kind, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Well, a lot of that doesn't sound very fun, right? And so this starts with values. How do I look at a negative circumstance and find joy? How do I look at a negative circumstance and believe that it benefits me, right? And so here's how you need to look at James 1, 2 through 3. It's like this. It's kind of top secret. But think of it like this. And I believe uh, this is some of this is taken from the message translation. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God is the person who is steadfast under trial and perseverance when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The crown of life. What is that? A lot of people just say, well, that's heaven, right? You see more about this crown in Colossians 3.24. I introduce you to Colossians chapter 3 today because we're going to be dancing there next week, okay? So Colossians chapter 3 verse 24 says, Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. It's God we're serving. So values, if you've got your notebook out, here's the first point. Every time you make a decision, you reveal one of your values. Every time you decide something, you are showing a value that you, that you hold. Whether you know you hold that value or not, you are. And hopefully today we're going to get to find that for you. And so then, the biggest and best thing we can do to start is to clarify and make our values concise. And so then, it can get real wordy and it's not about that. All we need to do is really clarify your values. So then, what are your values? What are your values? Your values are what guide your day, right? Most of the time, your values are what keep you having a good day. And when your values get stepped on, they create a bad day. Okay? And so, when you're in your, spe- when you're in your sweet spot, why would you say you're in your sweet spot? When you're having a, an awesome day and everything is just heavenly, everything is perfect, all the stars are aligning, why would you say that's happening? The reason it's happening, or one of the reasons it's happening, is your, your, your values are not being violated. They're not being threatened, threatened. They're not being pushed. Everything is good. Everything is as you see it. Your values guide your day, right? When one of your values is highlighted or, it's, or you see it in action, it's, it's happening around you, this brings on a sense of happiness to you. So then you respond with joy. Man, ain't life great? Then when you catch the green light on the way home from work, it's like, man, the stars just aligned perfectly for me today. Well, none of your values were threatened that day. Nobody messed with you, right? And so 
When you're in your sweet spot, everything is, is smooth sailing. Your values are not being threatened. Now, when you're about to lose your mind, when you're about to blow your top, you've had enough. Why do you find yourself in that, in that space, in that place? And then not only that, how do you react to that? And in that moment, what you need to realize is something that you value, something that's very precious to you is being, is being pushed on, right? Whatever you cling to that's being pulled away from you is what is making you about to lose your head, right? And so then you end up reacting negatively or out of anger because one of your values is being threatened. One of your values is being pushed on, right? Or violated. And so here's what you know. It's easy to hear all that and say, well, I know what I like. And a value is more than what you like, right? It's not so for me, like I used to think that I really valued when nobody would leave time on the microwave. One of my pet peeves is like, use the microwave and you pull something out with two seconds left and just shut the door and leave two seconds on there. That drove me nuts. I don't value you clearing the microwave. It's nice. It's very nice. Um, I just want to know what time it is. And so if you could just clear that off. And so then it's not stuff you like. It's not, well, I really wish they would shut the door when they come back in or uh, when your car's cleaned. It's more than what you like. A value is more than you like. And so here's an idea for you. I didn't tell Heather I was sharing these. So um, you're welcome, babe. Heather values, and I'm going to give you mine too. I just, I just pulled me and Heather's top three. And then how we, how we kind of um, run our house or lead our house, that's a better way to say it, how we lead our house is our values are integrated. And so Heather's top three values are honesty, integrity, and communication. She, when those are threatened, I don't have to say very much more about that. When those are threatened, things aren't very good in our house, right? My top three values, much like Heather, I value honesty first. Man, just tell me the truth. I'd rather you punch me in the face and tell me the truth than to, sit, than to tell me a lie, okay? So honesty is huge for me. Quality, I love quality. I love things done right with excellence. And number three, I love initiative. Initiative, man, just, just do it. Just get it done. Whoever can take it and run with it and make it happen, you're all right with me. Take initiative. In our house, we call it ownership. In the church, ownership is this house becomes your house when you take a part in it. When you start actually giving to the house, you take ownership. It's the difference in renting and owning. A lot of people rent and just trash the heck out of the place they're living in. When you own that house, though, you don't do that. And so that's initiative. That's, that's ownership. It's what we call in our house. And so in our home, here are the um, five values that we lead our house with. And these are the same five values that we lead our church with. Honesty, hospitality, honor, and we believe those two things create unity, family first, right? And the last one is ownership. It's initiative, ownership. Take ownership in the house. We all have a part to play, right? And so if you've never dug on values or what you really cling to, there are some ideas for you. If you miss them all, this is recorded, so you can jump back anytime you want. And it'll be on YouTube uh, 24-7, right? And so... Uh, to close up what a value is, we have a friend uh, who constantly says, your values are the rules of your road. And so when we started, I said, this is what guides your day. Your values are the rules of your road. They keep you on that path, right? And so other things to consider, if you're taking notes, write this down. Where did you learn those values? 
whatever you think you value or whatever you do value, where did you learn them? Mom, dad, pastor, friend, teammates, somebody you play with, where did you first come across these values where you thought, ooh, that's good, I'm clinging to that. Find that. Second, where'd they, where'd they come from? Did they come from um, a tradition? Did they come from a habit? Did they come from a movie or a song line? Are they pessimistic? Do you trend negative? Are they optimistic? Where are you in that? Where did they come from? Where did those values come from to where every time something happens and you can point to it, you can say, oh, well, that's just because that. Like it was easy for me for a long time just to blame my dad. Well, you know, that's just my dad. That's just my dad. Well, I have, a, I'm, I'm my own person. I'm not my dad, right? And so you're not your crazy uncle or your nephew or your brother or your mom or your, or anybody, right? You are you. You have a specific set of fingerprints that God made you for purpose, right? And so then I can't continue to, to take on everything that's been above me or people who went before me and say, well, I just do that because he did it, right? That'd be like saying, uh, well, I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic because my dad was an alcoholic and, and his dad was an alcoholic and alcoholism just runs in our family. It's me. I have to make that choice, right? I'm not saying that addiction isn't a problem. It is. But I'm saying we all have to make the choice. We can't just pass the buck and say, well, I'm this way because he was. Because you make, you make your own choices, right? So where did your values come from? And then the last thing is, uh, number three, what are they rooted in? What are they rooted in? Are you unsure? Like, man, I really don't know. Um, was it a, are they from the Bible? Like, that's, that's where we're really trying to get to. Everything that we kind of live out should come from the book of life or the living word, right? And so then are they an idea that somebody had? Is it like the, uh, the, the oven baked ham that, um, that, that grandma cut the ends off the ham? So mom cut the ends off the ham. So daughter does. Husband's daughter asks the question. She says, well, the, the ham wouldn't fit. That was never passed down. We just do it because we've always done it, right? And so is an idea, is it from a book, is it a quote? Are they from the Bible? Are, your, are the values that you live from the Bible? If you're taking notes, you should write this down. It's so important that I'm going to write it down uh, for you on the board. I'm going to use black, I assume. Your values determine three things. I'm sorry if I write terrible, man. One, two, three. They determine your success. I almost had three C's there. Your stress. <laughs> and your salvation. This is huge. Your values determine your success. Where are you going? Your values determine your stress. What are you carrying? What keeps you from success? And they ultimately determine your salvation. What are you rooted in? What are your values rooted in? And so here's what you need to know. I'm moving on. If you're note taken, stay with me. This is going to be good. And I've cut this in half to be two parts. So it's not too much, and so you've got plenty to talk about or to think about this week. Unclear values. If you have an unclear value, 
An unclear value causes confusion. An unclear value causes confusion. A conflicting value, so as to say between me and Heather, a conflicting value causes tension. This is what takes a very good day, a heavenly day, into a hellacious day, right? It's going from, oh, something's not right. A conflicting value is going to cause tension in your life. It's going to cause tension today until we get to the root of it. We've got to get to the root. A false or fake value, something that we think we think is a value, okay? Think it's a value. A false or fake value creates deception. There's an imaginary I in there. <laughs> and then a wrong value creates dysfunction. It's not who you are. You think you value this, but it's wrong. And because you're valuing the wrong thing, you have this happening in your life. Right? A false value. I believe this. You know it's fake, though. And because it is, you keep putting on this front. Yeah, man, I love going to Disneyland, even though it costs me X amount of dollars, right? I love going to wherever. Yeah, man, that's me. A false value in whatever you're saying creates deception, and this, this creates stress, right? Your values, your values determine your stress, your success, and your salvation. We're going to get back to the Bible, I promise, okay? And so, unclear values cause confusion. I'm not sure, Dusty. I've never even really sat down to think, what do I value? Why do I value it? Where did it come from? Right? A conflicting value causes tension. That starts and causes a lot of problems inside of relationships, especially marriages. And so, man, when me and Heather got to the root of our values and we actually created our way, that's what you see. How we lead our house, that's the Otis way. And until we got to the Otis way, guess what it was? It was my way and her way. Heather's way and Dusty's way. And until we realize, hey, what do we have, what do we have, what do we have in common? What do we value the same? How do we get to that? Okay. Oh, you love that? I love that. Oh man, God really did a number by putting us together. He really knew what he was doing. I'm so sorry it took us, you know, <laughs> eight years to get to this, nine years to get to this. And so a false value creates deception. We talked about that. And then a wrong value creates dysfunction. This is what, what this is what we want to get out of. We want to get out of this. We've got to get out of that. Okay. What you need to know is lasting success. Lasting success is built on lasting values. Lasting success is built on lasting values. So then my values cannot be anything but clear. They've got to be clear. Okay. Once you identify, once you identify where you learned your values, where you picked them up, where they came from, and why you value them, you need to prove them out. You need to prove them out. I'm only challenging you on this because this is what I had to do, okay? What's that mean? What does it mean to prove them out? Well, do you believe in them or are they just cause? Well, they're just cause. Because one time I heard my pastor say, X. Well, he's my pastor and he said it. So man, you better take it to the bank. That's my value. He said it. Do we believe that just to believe it? Just cause? 
Or has it been proven? Am I rooted in this value? Does this value really mean that much to me? Or is this something that when something comes up, it's false? Or it's like, ah, well, I, yeah, this is it. This is it. I value that, right? And it's not like, these are all, this is all self-talk. It's not like you're talking out, out loud with somebody going, you know what, I really don't value that, so I shouldn't do that, right? These are all things you have to ask yourself internally as life is happening. And until we identify them, man, we're in a tough spot. And you're in a tough spot, right? And so, do you believe in the word just cause? Just cause, this is huge. Man, I can't, I almost miss this. Just cause values leads to mediocrity. It's just something I pick up in the midst of going through life. Oh yeah, 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 that's it. Why am I doing that? I don't know, just, I just do it cause of this, right? Just cause values lead to mediocrity and God didn't call you to live in that place. God didn't call you to live there. God called nobody to come in and just get by. God didn't call anybody just to come in and maintain, right? What are we maintaining? Just cause values lead to mediocrity and that's not where God called you to live, okay? Once you prove them out, the first thing you need to ask yourself, I'm gonna go through a couple of questions here. So if you're hanging with me, just hang tight. Once you prove them out, the first thing you need to ask yourself is, who's gonna be my authority? Who's the authority in my life? Or where am I going to get my values? Who's, who's my authority? <laughs> Where do I get my, my, my values? Notice there's an S on that. Where do I get my values? Now, who's my authority? Dusty, don't ask me that. I'm my authority. Guess who's playing God then if you're your authority? You. Okay, it's a dangerous place to live because I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but the walls can come crumbling down. Okay, and so who's my authority? Ultimately, God, God the Father. Okay, where do I get my values from? We're on the journey. Okay, we're taking the ride. So let's keep going. The, um, where am I at? I'm sorry. Who's going to be authority? Okay, right now, if you think about right now, I ask these two questions because right now, media determines a lot of what we value. Right now, social media, media in general, the news, whatever news you watch, I don't care. That determines what we value, what we put our hope in, what we put everything in is, is the media is kind of dictating to us what our values are. And they're dictating especially to the next generation, right? And so the source of your values is going to determine the quality of your life, okay? Big point. By the way, sometimes I blow right by these points, and I'm sorry. The source of your values determines the, I got to squat more, quality of your life. The source of your values determines the quality of your life. What is your source right now? Is the source for your value something you're watching on the news? What comes in goes out, right? And so then, who is your source? Media, coworkers, friends, or God? 
right? Who's your source? Jeremiah 17, 9, if you want to open with me. It says this, it says, The human mind is more deceitful than anything else. The human mind is more deceitful than anything else. Who can understand it? I think what I want you to see today, or at least to remember, you've probably heard all this before. Your mind lies to you. Your mind lies to you. And it allows you to misjudge things and misjudge things more wrong than right. And so then if our source is media and we're letting everything else dictate to us what is and should be, then we're missing it because God gave us a great plan, right? And so then Jeremiah 17, the human mind is more deceitful than anything else. Who can understand it? God. God. And who helps you? God's Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit. So your mind lies to you. You misjudge more wrong than you do right. And so knowing that we have to have clear values. Proverbs 16 25 says, the road, that road, the same road that we were talking about earlier in guiding our day, the road that seems right for a man to travel, the road that seems right for a man to travel might be good, but in the end, it leads to death. There is a road that seems right, is what it says. There is a road that seems right for a man to travel, but in the end, it's death. And I don't know about you, but seems doesn't seem like a place I want to put a lot of faith or a lot of trust right? Well, it seems good, especially if we're putting our, our hope in media, right? Well, it seems, eh, I, there's no stability in seems, in my opinion. And so that's just not where I want to live. And so then it would be a shame to put our faith or to put our value in something that seems right, right? And so then the media is always going to change. It's always going to change. As long as the world turns, the media is going to change. And so uh, if you will, go ahead and flip over to John, uh, 1 John 2, 15 and 16. 1 John 2, 15 and 16. And I'm going to get a set. Here's what it says. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. This is one of those scriptures that back in 1985 was like, don't be in the world. And we hear this, and every time, for me anyways, the way I hear this is like, anytime I hear the world, I think negative, sin, dark, hell, hot. Like, And I don't want you to hear that in this. I think there's, there's a ton of words that all of us hear, and they kind of take us. As soon as that word is said, it takes us to a negative or a positive place. And I just want to challenge you every week when we gather, I just want you to be here and be like the, it's the first time you've heard anything. And I think that that's what we pray before we start is Lord, that you would give us open hands and open hearts and open eyes. And so don't let one word, uh, kind of take you to a place that's negative or, or positive, but just be in the moment, be present right now and hear what God's saying. And so he says, if it's in the world, it's not of me. If it's in the world, it's not of me. And so what is he saying? He's saying what the world values, God does not, right? What the world values, God does not. What media values, God does not. What media values, God does not. And so then in thinking that it is, um, it's not that everything that you hear or see is bad. It's, it's not like, it's not like we're talking about the internet. Um, but it is, um, what we value looking good, uh, our feelings, sex, 
salary, status, material, material, right? What do we have to show? And the problem with, with that last one, the material, is we confuse self-worth with net worth. And net worth is really rooted in self-esteem, not self-worth. And so we start talking net worth, we're like, well, what, you know, and then we start comparing and then we all got to start playing the keep up game, right? And I just, uh, do you know, I just want to say this, do you know that you can't find it anywhere in the Bible, the word or anything that has to do with self-esteem in the Bible, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist because it's something that man made up. It's something that we created. Well, you just need to fix your self-esteem, right? Like that's fixable. Okay. Self-esteem is never going to be fixable because what self-esteem is defined is self-esteem is giving somebody else the authority to tell you who you are. So tell me how you fix that. You're going to constantly go to somebody else and you're going to believe them. And if it makes you feel good for that time, you're going to accept it. That's what self-esteem is. It's believing and giving somebody the authority to tell you who you are and taking it either verbally by comparison or by keeping up. Well, if you just do this, it'll fix it. Right. And that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for a fix it. Okay. Self-esteem is not the Bible, but self-worth is, right? The definition of self-worth is believing in who God says you are. Believing in who God says you are. And so if you remember two weeks ago when we started this conversation, we talked about four things that God says you are. And we're going to jump back into these after our values conversation in a couple weeks uh, as of right now. 1 Peter 4.10 says, I am gifted. It says, God has given each of you a gift of a great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. He says, you are chosen. You remember? Ephesians 1.4 says, God chose us. He chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world. God says, you are prepared. He says, he prepared you beforehand. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, gifted and chosen. Remember? Having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so that we may do them. And then he says, to be an example. 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone think less of you. Okay? Because of your circumstance, your age, your height, who cares? But be an example in all, in what you say, in the way you live, and how you love, in your faith, and your purity. In all of that, what I want you to see, that's a humongous nugget that, that we could take probably a couple days uh, going through. But what you need to see in all this is, your value is not connected to your valuables. Your value is not connected to your valuables. And who you are has nothing to do with what somebody else says you are or who somebody else says you are or because you get the approval of somebody because you now finally got the new whatever, right? Because at the end of the day, once you leave, whoever's, whoever we're keeping up with, whoever we're comparing to, and we go back home, we have to pay for it. We pay the bill. We carry the stress. And it's all because we valued the wrong thing. We valued somebody else's opinion who wasn't, who wasn't God. It's not your authority. Not your authority. So, so uh, leadership principles is never take a no from somebody who can't give you a yes, right? So who do you take your yeses from? Who are you giving permission to speak into your life? Who are you giving permission to speak into your life? What authority do they have, right? Are is it wise counsel or is it or is it or is it playing catch up or keep up, right? What you need to know is this: that could be hard and heavy, and you say, "Dusty, that's too much for me." Everybody, everybody gets seduced by these values. Everybody gets seduced by thinking they need more, they got to do more, they got to have more, more, 
more and more. It's easy to fall into that trap because media tells us that. It's on TV, it's on the sneaking radio, it's on every podcast, it's on YouTube, it's everywhere. And so it's easy to fall into it. And the, the weaker our values are, the easier it is to jump into it. The weaker your values are, the easier it is to fall into it. And so what you need to know is it's not just about falling in those values. You need to find that what, in, what um, God tells us that one, God is the word. And the word tells us in, in John 8.32, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. God is the word. That's terrible penmanship. I apologize. God is the word. And the word says the truth will set you free. So where do you get your values? You get your values from truth, right? And that truth is found in the Bible. Well, crud, Dusty, what, that means I have to read this thing, right? And so that's why we talked about the house of faith. If you missed that series on the house of faith, I did uh, one week, one message every day for a week. That's on YouTube. Please go check that out. It's going to help you understand why this is important, right? And so... What does God say about the values that the media holds? And again, this is not a shout you down or you're in trouble. This is a, hey man, let's shine a light. Proverbs says that we shine a light into the dark corners of our mind to bring wisdom, right? And so this is going to shine a light back in those dark corners where we know this is happening, but it just hasn't been brought to our attention. So let's just bring it out. What does, what does the Bible say or what, is, what does God say about us valuing appearance? 1 Samuel 16, 7, do not consider appearance or height. I don't make decisions the way that you do. Men judge by outward appearance, but I look at a man's thoughts, his intentions, and his heart. Does God care about your appearance? No. Does that mean you should look like a slob? No. Your body is also a temple, right? And so then, that's where we're at on appearance. So you don't have to chase the finer things of uh, the new fresh COVID-19 cut. I know you're admiring my haircut. That was that happened in my bathroom, okay? Um, I've got two compliments on my haircut. I never get compliments, but I have this week because nobody's getting a haircut these days in Michigan. What does God's, uh, God's word say about pleasure? Go to Hebrews 11.25. Moses refused. In Hebrews 11.24, Moses refused to be known as a grandson to Pharaoh. And in verse 25, it says, But he chose to be mistreated with God's people instead of having a good time um, having a good time that sin could bring for a little while. We've all heard that. Sin's always fun for a season, right? Doing wrong is always fun for a season because it's exciting and it's interesting, but normally gets you in trouble, okay? It normally makes you lose more than you gained, and so it's really not worth it. People who value honesty don't have a problem with this. So you go, whoa, that's not good. I know where that goes, right? And because I know where that goes, that's a dead end. I see it. Many think the road is, is great, right? But it ends in death. Man, when you trust God and you're walking in wisdom, you can, you can tell right away, especially if it's something that you, that's going against the value. Nope, that's a dead end. You know where the dead ends are right now in your life because they're things that you hold tightly to your vest. It's what you value. Okay. And so this is not a scripture. Hebrews 11.25 is not a scripture about saying, oh, well, I guess I just have to suffer like everybody else. No, 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 no. It's not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's easy to live in your place and to stay true to yourself than it is to, to go and do something that you don't value, that you aren't, for a, false, for a false value, which creates deception. It's not you. It's better to stay true to yourself than to live in deception. That makes sense. And so what does the Bible say about materialism? This is Luke 12, 15. Luke 12, 15. 
It says this, Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And so then, what does that mean? It's not about what you have. It's about who you have. The greatest things in life, this is what I firmly believe, the greatest things in life are not things, they are people. The greatest things in life are not things, they are people. This is why we believe that um, our why here has to do with someone. It has to be about somebody. If it's about something, that something ends empty, right? And so our why is always for a who. Our why is for a who, both in our house as we lead and in our church and in our community. Our why is a who. It's why real relationships matter. It's why we built our church on the foundation of Matthew 22, 37 through 39. It is why people are and will be the root of every outreach we ever do. If it's not for people, and some church need to hear this, the outreach is just the excuse to love people. It's not the event. The event doesn't mean anything. I can hold an event all day long, and it can be empty if I'm focused on executing an awesome event. But if the event exists to reach people, if the event is just an excuse, then it's an outreach. And if an outreach is what is, is focused on loving and reaching and serving people so that they can experience Jesus, it's a win. It's a win. And so then, here are your action steps this week. Action steps this week. Let me erase this. I'll write them down so you can stare in the last two and a half minutes that I talk. Remember, go back to your first, when you first started writing, your action steps this week. Who is the source of your values? Identify. Now listen, we just danced through who your source should be. What you have to do is go back now and say, Identify your values, identify who the source is, where you got them, those questions we talked about at the start of service. Who's the source of your values? Identify those values, right? And then here it is. Read Colossians chapter 3 this week. I'll put out a remind for you um, this week. But that's the big thing because we're going to pick up in Colossians chapter 3 next week. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.